Jewish Money Matters episode 328, The Life-Changing Power of Giving and the Mitzvah Opportunity with founder Donnie Fine. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. For Shkodesh Adar of, of last year, we bought yeah. our house, and in that same month, we, we made a wedding and a bar mitzvah, and mm-hmm. everything was paid for. And I, I'm not going to go into the details how it happened and how Hashem made his moves, but he, he put together an impossible 10,000 right. piece puzzle to make all those things happen. And literally since then, actually two weeks ago, I uh, did a big um, Hanukkah to bias in my, in my house on Shabbos, made a big Kiddush and thanking Hashem because they were just open miracles. Right. And I don't think that those things would have happened if it wasn't for the Mitzvah Opportunity Group, because through the group, I have just learned, learned Bitochon, the, the lesson of Bitochon and, and how Hashem just controls everything. Not just controls everything. Hashem is everything. Is everything. There, there is nothing but Hashem. Exactly. I would, you, those words would never have come out of my mouth even five years ago. You just heard some of the miracles that Donnie Fine has experienced in his life, all thanks to the mitzvah opportunity. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. What is the mitzvah opportunity? And what would it be like to be the agent of miracles for someone else on a daily basis? That's exactly what our guest Donnie Fine and the members of his WhatsApp group, the mitzvah opportunity are daily agents of miracles for individuals and families in Israel facing immediate financial needs. When he started, Donnie had no idea that the mitzvah opportunity would grow to have over 700 Jews from all over the world, raise over a million dollars and help thousands of families, as well as inspire others in other countries to create other local mitzvah opportunity groups. Donnie and I get into Donnie's financial situation at the time he started the group and why did he start the mitzvah opportunity? How does the group work? Some of the beautiful stories and needs that have been met and how the mitzvah opportunity has impacted his own life. I mean, we could have gone on for hours and get this, Donnie doesn't take a penny from the money raised through the mitzvah opportunity. And when I tell you the money is often raised in minutes, I mean it. This group is unbelievable. I've seen it firsthand. A little bit more about Donnie. Donnie and his wife, Ellie, and four children made aliyah from New York to Eretz Israel in 2000. 2009, where he today runs his own company, Elite Israel Realty, focused mostly on helping new immigrants find their home in Israel. Donnie and the Mitzvah Opportunity participants are there ready to help because they want to make sure that no one stresses about their electricity being cut off, their bar mitzvah son not having to fill in, not being able to afford a medical procedure, or not having food for Shabbat. Bitachon, financial challenges, becoming givers, and going beyond the call of duty, all this in this beautiful, inspiring conversation with Donnie Fine. (music) 
Donny Fine. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you? Um, amazing. I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy that we made it happen. And I have to thank two former guests of the show for connecting us. First, Hillel Fold wrote raging reviews about you. Um, and I remember reaching out right away. Hi, and introducing myself. I need to interview you. <laughs> like, I love what you're doing. And then I think it was a recent guest, Jonathan Donat, who again reached out and said, you guys need to be in touch. So thank you to both of them. And thank you to you for agreeing to come on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for Hillel for that uh, shout out on uh, social media. And thanks to Jonathan Donat. He gave me the uh, the courage to come on and do this. Amazing. See, I'm not so scary, people. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, we'll so Donnie, um, you say you you consider, and even even the first time we 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 started talking, you're like it, it was like too much. The, the the you you jumped from regular guy to all of a sudden to stardom <laughs> in a really good way for doing something really good, which you're going to talk about today, the mitzvah opportunity. Um, so really, you're a regular guy, as I heard you say before, but in my eyes and in the eyes of many, you are not because you really are doing something so, so powerful, so important, which really speaks to the power of every individual to change their corner of the world. Um, so the mitzvah opportunity, you'll tell us about in a second, but just to summarize for listeners, it's an organization you started you know, with a couple of friends on a WhatsApp group to directly help families in Israel, help them with essential needs. You know, somebody needs to pay rent or a medical bill without, you know, kind of helping people without any of the overhead on the red tape. And did I read somewhere that you've raised 4 million shekels since 2017 when you started? So the the number is actually close to, we're a quarter of a million shekels short of 5 million shekels right now. As I just actually just did the the, uh, latest bookkeeping. And uh, we're almost four four and three quarter million shekel. Incredible. And just for those who are not familiar, we're talking over a million dollars there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to get to exactly how the mitzvah opportunity works, why you started it and, and a lot more, but let's talk first about Donnie, the regular guy and what you do when you're not helping us Jews around the world help our brethren in Israel. You have your own real estate firm, right? Uh, Donnie. That's correct. So I came into this for, I've been in Israel for 14 years. Oh, wow. Uh, for, for about, yeah, since 2009. For about um, six or seven years, maybe eight years, I was actually bringing in investors to Israel real estate deals, mostly TAMA 38 projects. Uh-huh. And then Corona hit. And then Corona hit. And um, because I was in real estate, a lot of people through the years were always telling me, you should become a realtor. I don't like doing sales. I don't like being in sales. Even though before I made Aliyah, I was in insurance. Again, I wasn't I'm not going to go into what I was doing, but again, it wasn't really sales. It was just, it was always offering people opportunities. And if you were smart enough, you took it. So, so Tama 38, um, when the market, when Corona happened, started, uh, the market kind of started going down and investors slow, slowly were slow, slowing to come into to Israel. Right. And uh, a few friends called me and they're like, can you help us find a home in Israel? You know, everybody at that point wanted to move to Israel. Right. So one friend called and I, and I, so, and I sent them to a friend who's a realtor here in Israel. I don't remember if it was Jerusalem or Beit Shemesh. And then a second friend called and I did the same thing. But the third friend, I, I remember I was driving to Jerusalem with my wife and, and I get the call and I'm like, um, I think Hashem is trying to give me a message. Mm. And I said to my wife, I'm, I think I'm going to become a realtor. Like maybe, and she's like, yeah, you, I've been telling you this for years. So, Are you serious? So, she, yeah. she sort of knew. 
Yeah, she's one of the people that definitely said she's like, you should become a realtor, you should sell real estate, there's a lot of opportunity. But I just I just never saw it that, you know, the Israel real estate market, the realtors don't exactly have the best reputation. I didn't want to be part of that. Mm. So as soon as um as soon as that third person called, I kind of did a mind shift and I and I said, you know what, I I can do this, but mm. I'm gonna do it in a different way than everybody else does it. I'm gonna be better, transparent, honest and friendly and just help people. My goal is really to help people come to Israel. I focus on the U S market. Mm-hmm. Um, that just comes naturally. I've been on LinkedIn for, for many years and uh, that's, that's the, those are the clients that come to me. I usually help people who are over overseas. So I find myself during the day, I'm showing properties, people who are visiting Israel and in the night at night, I'm on the phone with them talking, you know, when they're still in the U S talking to them about their possibilities. So you should know, I was one of those people during the pandemic who really looked into moving to Israel. <laughs> and you I know should what? have been I, talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you maybe you could have bought a property with me. <laughs> but uh, but it's true. I really believe as soon as the pandemic hit, I said to my family, um, you know, this is this is right away a sign from Hashem. Mm-hmm. And you, and I kind of like played it out to my family what's going to be. The, the airports are going to close. The skies to Israel are going to close. And then all of a sudden... Israel is going to be the main focal point of, of, of the Jews and everybody's going to want to come here. So on the one hand, I saw it as like a financial um, potential. Um, but at the same time, I really, it started out as really just wanting to help people to come to Israel. Were you nervous, Donnie, to like start something new? And like, or did you have like financial <laughs> runway? Like, like, I mean, it's starting something new is always a little nerve wracking. Not everybody's cut out for entrepreneurship like this. Right. So I don't know that I'm cut out for entrepreneurship. I still don't know, but because uh, it's not easy. But I will yeah. tell you that out of college, I was an accountant. I had a it was a nine to five job, and just it just it, it just wasn't for me. And uh, as soon as I saw my first opportunity, that was in the insurance world. Um, I literally walked into my boss's office, and I never looked back. Um, so I just uh, you know I've kind of been on my own for a, for a long time. The thing mm-hmm. that I did differently this time was I took on a partner. His name is Rob Ernst. He lives about 100 meters from me, about five five houses down. And mm-hmm. he's the exact opposite of me. Whereas I am, you know, I, I can get deals done. I can focus when I need to. He's always hyper-focused. He's a lawyer. Um, he knows how to just figure out the numbers and figure things out. Me, I'm just I'm just constantly talking to people and 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 trying to move things forward, however, however that gets done. He's mm-hmm. a little bit more methodical. So we we're really kind of yin and yang with yeah. each other. It's been Baruch Hashem. It's been um, it's been a good partnership. Sounds like a good partnership. And by the way, I, I love the way you like describe sales, but you weren't really describing sales before. You're like, I'm not into sales, but really, what was it? What did she say? It's just offering people an opportunity, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I've I've always felt that, and this kind of leads into the mitzvah opportunity. How that started is I, I've always felt that um, there's a lot of things in the world. I don't like I don't sell. You know, you go to somebody that told that told that that old story. Sell me this pen. I don't, I don't know how to sell a pen, but I'll give you an opportunity to get the best pen in the world, you know, right. like something like that. But um, I don't, I don't, I still, I don't, my method of, of selling homes, you could ask all my clients, um, they'll tell you the same, that it's, it hasn't been a sales process. It's been right. a process of, of, of seizing, seizing the opportunity. Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad you're talking about this. This is kind of taking us in a different direction, but, but because sometimes for people who are starting their own business or whatever, this holds them back. Like they feel like they have to be salesly. And I always feel like, no, you just have to be human. Like you have to be yourself. It's like have a human interest on the other person, right? right? Like, Right. (laughs) right. Um, and then you'll find it so easy. Like they might be 
super enamored by the opportunity or they might not. And that's okay. Cause you just met somebody great that you would have loved to meet anyway. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully. 100%. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So, so you're in this entrepreneurial journey and you're, you know, you're, you're building yourself up with this new agency as a, as a, as a real estate agent. And then you start the mitzvah opportunity. What was it that I, we say 2017, what prompted you to do that? What was, was there a personal impetus, Donnie? Yeah. So first of all, the, the mitzvah opportunity started way before the, you know, the, oh, right, I, right, 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 right. This happened. I, I became a realtor in, in, uh, in 2020. Right. I've been doing the mitzvah opportunity since 2017. Um, so I guess I could, I could really go back. I could take myself back to that first moment. It, this, the, the truth is the story goes back over almost 25 years. Uh, Let's 25 hear it. years ago, I was working in an accounting firm and there was a guy in my office who, um, who, and he was, a, he was a senior to me. But mm-hmm. we were both the only two guys in the office that wore kippahs and went to mincha every day. So we talked a lot. He lived in my in my community, and he came over to me, and like it kind of blew me away that he's like, "I have a problem." I'm like, "What can I help you with?" And he's like, "I if I don't pay the electric bill by like tomorrow of two thousand dollars, my electricity is going to be shut." Okay. And I was like blown away because in my mind he was a successful tax manager, and you know, and I think today he 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 actually is. But he needed money to, uh, to for his electric bill. So back then there was no WhatsApp, there was no right. SMS, there was barely even email like the way we know it today, um, and there weren't community groups. So, but there was the the Five Towns Shuls Yahoo group or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's whatever it was. And I went and I'm like, you know, I have a friend needs two thousand dollars to pay his electric bill. Like I don't even think I gave much thought to it, and I know I didn't have two thousand dollars to give him. Um, and within a couple minutes. Somebody messaged, somebody emailed me, right? And they said, what's your address? I'm going to drop $2,000 at your house to give to your friend. Unbelievable. And I remember like, I'm, I have like chills just, just saying that story. Uh, it, I, it, like I said, it didn't think much of it at the time, but looking back, it, it really had a huge effect on me. And it kind of led me to believe that like people could be awesome and, right. and giving and people right. care about like strangers. So right. I, you know, fast forward many years later to 2017, I, I myself was kind of not doing great financially. Mm. And uh, I'm on the bus, bus home from Jerusalem from a meeting. And I look on Facebook. Now I'm on my phone. And it was an iPhone 4S. Like that was the last time I had an iPhone, actually. And, uh, and, I, and I look on Facebook and I see this, uh, this woman posted. She's, I think, no, she was ma- she's married. Maybe she's single. I think she's married. And she said she has no money for food for Shabbos. And I messaged her right away and I just said, um, can you give me someone that I could talk to to verify your story? Wow. And so she gave me a, a rabbi in Ramah Pichamesh and, um, who I actually am very close with now with this rabbi. And he, um, and he verified her story. And I, I'm like, like, what do you give a woman for food for Shabbos? Like, I have no idea. He's like, I don't know, four or five, 600 shekels, like, you know, bring her food. So I, I called up my friend and I'm like, guys, like I, I've happened, I have, Thank God, Baruch Hashem and Israel, I've made incredible friends. Three guys specifically, I called them up and I said, um, and I said, um, can you guys uh, chip in? I don't, I don't know, like 50, 100 shekels each. I'll cut. So I got home, it was Arab Shabbos, jumped in my car, ran around to all their houses, then ran to her, dropped off money at, at her, at her apartment. And, and she had money for food for Shabbos. And these types of opportunities kept on presenting themselves to me online. I would see other people 
on Facebook or, or in like the, now we're talking already getting into like WhatsApp group chats, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would see like, you know, every once in a while, there's these postings of people who need money for food for Shabbos. And I was just like, this, this can't be, it can't be that it can't be that a family's not going to have money to buy food for Shabbos. Yeah. Somebody has to do something about it. And I knew right. that like in Ramapa Shemesh, there's local organizations that take care of families, but I don't know, maybe these people slip through the cracks or something. Then I realized that like in order for a family to get help, yeah, there's like a lot of paperwork they have to do. You have to fill in paperwork and tax return. I was like, forget that. I, I'm not interested in that. These people just need money for food. They're children. Now. <laughs> yeah, now, like right, now. now. So, so after, it's all kind of like a blur to me. After a short period of time, I started a WhatsApp group. Um, I really didn't know what I was doing with five grew to like 10, a 10. I was like, holy cow. I can't believe I have 10 guys on a WhatsApp group. And we <laughs> called it Sadaka group because what else would you call it? We were doing Sadaka. <laughs> And there was no logo or anything. There was just, it was just a Tucker group. And, um, and we, you know, I wasn't even keeping track of, of how much money I was bringing in. I would literally put, uh, put on the group, there's this family, write two lines about it. And then I would, I would have like a piece of paper and a pen and write, okay, Ari, $10. No. <laughs> and, and like, and I added up. And as soon as I got to the total, I'd be like, we raised the money. I'm coming to the house to pick it up. And there was no, there was no link sent out or anything. And then, that snowballed into um, 30 guys, 30 people on the group, and then mm-hmm. 50. At 50 was like at the beginning of Corona. And um, I remember I was, we had actually just moved. Uh, we, we moved to, to where I live now three years ago. And uh, we had just moved. And I said, I was sitting in the kitchen with my wife and I said to her like, it's Corona, like a lot of people are struggling. They don't like, you can't leave their house. We can't, and Israel was like on serious lockdown. Yeah, people were, like scared to leave the houses. Right. So I said to my wife, what if I had a hundred people on the group? Imagine what I could do. Because with 50 people, I was raising money like so quickly. And I was, and my wife's like, yeah, go for it. She's, she's, she's like my cheerleader, like go for it. I love and then, it. so, so I, um, I think I made a LinkedIn post at that time. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, I got over a hundred people on the group. And I was just like, oh my God. And again, I was still, every time I'd post a raise on the group with the paper and pen, it, I don't know why I even, I have an accounting background. It took me a while to realize that like <laughs> if I put a spreadsheet, it'll go much quicker. So somewhere along the line, I went to spreadsheet. And then once, then I had started like this whole bookkeeping thing. It's on Google Sheets. It's nothing sophisticated. It's on Google Sheets, something, a spreadsheet that I've, I've created. I could say, honestly, it's taken me like three or four years to, to, to develop. And, uh, yeah, now things kind of run pretty, pretty smoothly. Now I'm at, I'm at, I have almost 700 people on three groups. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's amazing. And and like what you discovered is people really want to give. Like we, yeah. we are a kind nation. We, we care, but very often, you know, you're busy with your life. It's a similar conversation I have with, uh, with Jonathan, right? Like people want to give, they hear of daily giving, they want to give, but you, you get busy. So here you're really giving us the opportunity by bringing the story to our attention. Oh, of course I would give them. It's just, I didn't know that you know, down the road, somebody needed food or on the other end of the world, somebody needed food or to pay a medical bill or electricity. So it's an, it's an incredible thing. Now, as you, you know, you started with that story about 25 years ago, that man, I mean, it takes such vulnerability to ask, to even come to you, right. To, to, to yeah. say, I need help. It's, it's, it's yeah. very hard for, for people to be on the receiving yeah. end. Yeah. It's very, it's very difficult. I actually have, uh, sometimes people will come to me and, um, like I'm so embarrassed 
I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm a realist. Like I just, it is what it is. So if somebody needs money, come to me. You don't have to tell me, I don't need the tears. It's just, wh- tell me the facts. Right. If you need money, I have a way to get it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll vet the case. I'll, I just, I want to hear the story, but talkless, tell me, tell me what you need. Right. Um, you know, my father's Israeli and it's like, you know, I have that like Israeli attitude, just like, okay, let's, let's, let's just get it done. Right. And, um, you know, people, but, uh, yeah, thank God. Um, there's, there's a few ways. Um, I don't know if you want to discuss this now. There's a few ways that families come to me. I was going to uh, ask you, how do help. they find you? Yeah. How do they yeah. find you? So there's a, there's a few ways. Number one is I've brought Hashem. The group has a reputation and, uh, there's, there's charitable organizations in Israel that know who know who I am and uh, and they'll reach out to me when they have a family, a case where, you know, they've done all they can to help the family, but the family is about to make a bar mitzvah or a wedding or, or they're moving, you know, and right. they need money for, for, for those things. And, and they'll call me, they'll call me with the situation and they know already not, you know, just cut to the chase, tell me what you needed. I know that if, if they've vetted the family, if they're helping the family, Whatever they tell me the family needs, right? I'm I'm doing it. Sometimes I, I I say no. For example, there are a couple of things that I that I don't get involved with. For example, if there's a family that's getting divorced, mm. and I'll, and I'll be asked to help with legal fees on either side. Right now, I've learned through the years that to divorce, there's two sides. Yeah, I don't want to be involved in either side. Mm-hmm. So I've made like a general rule in the group. I'm not paying for, for lawyers, for, for people to get divorced because okay. it's not my place. Right. I'm not getting involved. That's what the organizations are for. Don't right. come to me for, but on the other hand, fill in weddings. Right. There's like, there's no questions asked. I, I have, right. I have a specific amount that I give to, for weddings, fill in what, whatever it is we're, we're, we're paying to fill in. We've paid for dozens of pairs of, of, of to fill in. And some were, you know, children have gotten very expensive lately. they've literally doubled in price over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. so now where i feel when i first started the group was four thousand shekels now that could be as much as eight thousand shekels and sometimes when you have a boy that wears rashi or being right right expensive but thank god people in the group they kind of trust my 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 judgment and they 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 just they're happy to give it so the way the way the way people find me is is number one the organizations number two is there are people for example here in Ramat Jamish and there's there's an Elad there's in Haifa there's in Tel Aviv uh there's in uh in in other other Beersheba just thinking of all the the cities that where we help people that there's always um somebody who will um who supports four five six ten families they're doing the fundraising for these families, but it's so difficult for them because they don't have the network and they can't keep going back ah. to the same people. So they'll, again, they'll come to me. And so how, how they found out about me, I don't know, probably from social media or a friend talking to a wow. friend. And so now again, these cases are also already vetted right. by, by these people. Right. These people have been to these people's houses. They know their children. They know everything about them. So that, that's another way the families come to me. And then there's, there's the last way, which is, Actually, my least favorite way, which is when the families come to me directly, because it's, mm. it's the hardest. It's the hardest thing, because I, I just, like I said before, I'm, I'm talkless oriented. I just want to get the job done. And when people come to me, then I have to really spend the time vetting. I have to get to know the family. Sometimes I'll, I'll go visit them, but oftentimes it's who's your rub. And actually, miraculously, even they can be the most Israeli family. We find some common ground. Somebody who we know in common that I can trust 
who wow. knows the family that's able to tell me, yes, this family needs X, Y, and Z. And I would say it happens 80% of the time. So that's there's so cool. very few times where I'm actually spending a ton of time vetting the family because I'm, there are others that have already done the vetting. Right. I don't need to put the family through more agmas nefesh. Right. Through more, I, I need your tax returns. I need your, your pay slip. I don't want to see all that. I just, you need, you, you, you need money to buy. Your son's not going to have to fill in if, if I don't give you money. Okay. Send me and I pay this, I pay the sofa directly. Sofa. Exactly. I pay, I pay, I pay the, I pay the vendor, the, the, the mechanic. I pay the, the dentist. It almost, it really goes into the people's hands. It goes straight to the vendor. Straight nice. to the to the to the place that, that needs to get paid. That's awesome. That's awesome. Donnie, I want to go back to something that you said. You said that when you when you started this, you yourself were going through financial challenges, which at the moment that you said it really reminded me of that post you posted recently on LinkedIn. Um on the Dafya me, I think there was there was this teaching about how when a person is really struggling, right? Yeah. Our sages say what's the answer to give more, right? To increase in tzedakah, which sounds so counterintuitive. And did you have you found that this has been the case I mean, the case in your own life? Yeah, I would say um my entire life I was like just making it, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting by. I don't come from a wealthy family, neither does my wife, uh, but we get by. Right. And um, I, I, I could honestly say that um, when I first started the group, this wasn't the intention, um, but I guess it kind of, it kind of happened that I learned how to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I didn't know, I see all these people giving and some people don't have a lot of money. And they're, I'm like, okay, this guy, he, or this, this family, they, not that I'm judging, but it's like, you live in a house, you drive a certain car and you're giving X amount of shackles or dollars to Tzedakah. And I'm like, whoa, like I, maybe I, I should be I'm, doing that right. too. Right. You know? So, so I started giving more mm-hmm. and through my giving of me personally, and that's what the group taught me. You have to understand that the group is it, I, on a personal level. I've gotten so much from, from the group that I, that I've learned just being a human being, yeah. um, giving, caring for other people, it, it, because the people on the group, you, I mean, I wish I'm actually creating a website now. Hopefully it'll be, I don't know how long it'll take to create, but one of the reasons is because I want the world to be able to see the people on the group and the messages that I get. Wow. Um, so basically what, what I'm trying to say is that I started giving through having the group Right. And I've seen tremendous amount of bracha in, in my own life. My wife, me and my wife, we, we call it, it's like literally we've seen some like open miracles in terms mm-hmm. of like, like finances. Um, and like it's, it's just been, it's just been incredible. I, be, I believe it. I think, I think it's the same story in, in our life. And, and in fact, you'll appreciate this when we were years ago, when we opened our MISER account just to have money that was always just set, you know, like systematically, mm-hmm. like that's non-negotiable. It's always there yeah. to get to people. Um, there was the ability in the bank to rename the bank account. So we right away said, okay, let's call it something. So we called it Hashem's blessings account. And a couple that's of years awesome. ago, my kids, one of my kids walked through the, I guess by the computer where my husband and I had the bank account open and he says to the other sibling, the older sibling, what's what's Hashem's blessings account what's what are mommy and tati doing and the older one says oh it's their Meister account it's where they get their tadaka from it was so that's, cute that's amazing and by the way it's it's really important for your children to see to see that you have that account to see that to see that you're giving mm-hmm. i'll tell you a great story that just happened last night and this is one of the things that happened off the group and um and my son may kill me for for saying this but last night i was on facebook 
and I saw a post, saw a, a woman posted on, on uh, Facebook that um, her husband just had a surgery and they haven't had money in a while and they have no food in the house. She's like, we need food. And they live in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I try to be a little bit vague, not trying yeah, yeah, yeah. to be so just to protect identity. Um, so I saw, I saw the message and I was like, okay, I don't know who this lady is. She could be, you know, to- trying to, trying to get, take advantage right. of, of something, right. but at the same time, she's only asking for food. It's not like she's asking for, for a ton of money. Right. So, uh, so I send a, I send the post to a, a screenshot to a friend of mine that lives in the neighborhood that she said she lives in. And he said, he doesn't recognize her, but he's happy to bring her food. I said, wait a minute. My son lives, my 23 year old unmarried son lives in, in the same neighborhood. I sent him my, and this is like at 1130 at night already. I said to him, um, are you, what are you doing? He goes, nothing. I go, there's, I go, can you go pick up food and bring to this family? Immediately he said, yes. Wow. And I go, and I go, go to my friend's house, which is two minutes from where he lives. He's going to give you money, go to the grocery, buy, um, buy mm-hmm. bread, eggs, milk, deli things that they could eat like right away mm-hmm. and here's the address just go bring it to the woman this happened just just last night and, oh my gosh, and I, you know, I told my wife and she's like you see your son sees all the chesed that goes on on the group and and like he he, he jumped he, yeah. i'm so proud of him yeah you should be it's it's incredible it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and it's so important and this is why we're having this conversation donnie because the same way that the people in the group inspired you to 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 give more and the same way you've inspired your children right like we're hoping to inspire others because we all have it in us right And, and the need is out there until mashiach comes unfortunately the way the world works right now is that in exile, there's, there are people who are going to be in need. Um, and, and we are the, like Hashem has charged us to be the ones to help them on his behalf, right? We have, to, we have to do it, right? Yeah. It's through us. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 so Donnie, um, what, what happens, what happens, for example, when, if you've raised more than, have you ever raised more than was originally requested? What happens then? Do you yeah. get more money? What, what happens then? Yeah, so I don't know if there's enough time with this podcast to go in the, into the whole thing, but I have a VOD. I have an unofficial VOD on, on the oh, group. Oh, cool. I have, I, have, I have a good friend who is, he's also one of my chavrusas, and he's kind of like an advisor of, should I do a case? Should I not do a case? Right. Okay? And then I have another friend that's a super creative guy, and he's just like, you know, if I ever hesitate in my life, of should I do something or not? I'm like, what would he do? And okay, so so and I talked to him about a lot of cases also, and so, and often he'll just say, "Just do it." Like, what's the problem? Just just do it. Like that's his answer. And then I have a rabbi. I actually have a couple of rabbis that that I answer to. Um, that uh, that from, and they and they all have their own angle. Right. Um, it depends on, on the case, and it's not that I, I ask a rav because of religious reasons. Why it's just you know I think this case needs to be asked to this rav, and this case needs to be asked to that rav, and and they give me the the, the right answer. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, one of the questions is, what do I do when I raise more money? I ask for ten thousand shekels, and I raise twelve or fifteen. What do I do? Right. And it's called it's called the slush fund. And I whenever a new person, and I think you got this also. Um, and it's not automated. So I do make mistakes that once I never a new, new person joins the group, I send them a, a message. And one of the things it says in the message is, um, after speaking to a rub, 
I'm just letting you know that that if we raise more money than we're supposed to, that money is going into a fund, and and that it, it's sitting it's sitting in an account. It's sitting in an account, typically in in a in the change. No, nothing goes through my bank account or sits in my house. Um, it's always in a, in a change place. Uh, mm. and, you know, in Israel, these change places are very popular. So the, the, right. the money is just sitting there, and if and that's the money that I use, like really, Mamish Friday afternoon, somebody calls me. I don't have money for food for Shabbos. Right. I can't go. I can't go on the group. Because it, you know, by the time people donate with their credit cards, I need cash. Yes. People need a thousand shekels cash or whatever. So I have. So I'm like, okay, take any name. I call the change place. So and so is going is gonna is gonna come to the change place and please give him an envelope with this amount of cash. Amazing. And the guy at the change place who is who is a tremendous tzaddik in this particular change place. When he's not working, he's literally learning like like all day. And so he's he's also incredibly trustworthy. And that's where the money goes. That's where the money goes to. You see, Donnie, you know, Hashem puts the right people in, in, in your network. This is, this, is yeah. be- this gets better and better the more you yeah, speak. Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it's, uh, it, it's, an incre- it's an incredible network of, of people. Um, I'll tell you another thing out- that you probably don't even know outside of the group. There's three groups in Israel yeah. with close to 700 members. Uh, out from the group, has I've kind of franchised. Again, I use real estate terms just because that's what I like to talk to. Go I don't like it. I don't like using fundraising terms. I'm not a fundraiser. I raise you know, funds. I I read that somewhere. I I want you to talk about that for a second. You said you said that what your group members and you are doing is not doing fundraising, but you want you call it raising capital. What do you mean by that? Right. I love We're that. Raising capital, just like I raise capital for real estate deals, I raise capital for some real estate deals in the U.S. Also, um, I and I'm giving people opportunities. Once you're a fundraiser. Um, you're kind of, uh, you're, 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 you're asking people for money. I'm not, I'm not asking people for money. I'm giving you an opportunity. You want to seize the moment. Okay. That's wonderful. You don't fight. Right. And it's the opportunity to get the best return there is like, you don't even have to sell highest me on the ROI. return. This is the be- the highest right. ROI you're ever going to get. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. I can tell you uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine's wife calls me up. She has, um, she has a friend who's getting married and she yeah. wants me to raise money. And I'm like, why do, why do you want me to raise money? She's like, she's like, cause that's what you do. She goes, I go, but why can't you do it? She goes, cause I'm not a schnurr. I go, nice. I'm a schnurr. I'm not a schnurr. I don't even know what like, the word technically means. It was beggar, fundraiser, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm like, I'm certainly not, not a schnurr. She, I go, you're going to raise the money and you're going to do it on your own. And you, you're going to see. I showed her how to do it. I gave her a spreadsheet. I gave her the links. I, I gave her all the tools. She wanted to raise, I think, I think it was like 10,000 shekels. She raised 20,000 shekels. She wow. told him, I can't, I can't believe I just, I just did that. I'm like, do you feel like a schnur? She's like, no. no, people were so happy. Well, on the group, the, the two biggest um, types of feedback that I get from people, well, three is thank you for the opportunity. Um, I missed the opportunity because it goes, because the opportunity right, goes fast. fast. Yeah. And then the, the, the third one, the third one is how can I, how can I, how can I do more? How can I have more, more opportunities, you know, wow. or, so the, the, that's that's the feedback that I get from the from the members of the group. But what I wanted to say before about about networking was, um, so the, like I said, there's three groups in Israel. We now have a group in in Bergen County. There's a group. Uh, it's unofficially in New York City. There's one in the five towns far away. Basically, there and then there's um, I think that's it. There's three three other groups. So there's technically over a th- probably close to 1,200 people on these types of WhatsApp groups giving giving money in in this way. And uh, what what happened was two weeks ago, somebody from New Jersey actually reached out to me. Mm-hmm. And no, somebody, sorry, sorry. 
I, I confuse a lot of the stories because they happen so fast. <laughs> there's so many, thank God. There, there's there's so many. There's so many stories, and I want to share them with the world. But um, somebody on the group reached out to me, and they're from New Jersey, and they said they have a case for me. And I said, I right away, I really I can't help you because I really only focus on Israel. If I if I would do cases in America, it would be literally endless. Right, endless. So I have to at least tap it to Israel. And I really, it's all over Israel. I've there are 24 hours in the day. Also for right, exactly. Exactly. Fine. No, I, I would sit here 24 hours a day doing the working on the group because I, I absolutely love every second of it. But, uh, but I said to the guy, I said, but wait a minute, I have an idea. There's a group in New Jersey. Let me reach out to them. Send me all the details. Let me reach out to them. I sent it to the guy who runs the group in uh, New Jersey. And, um, and he said, he, he said, this looks like a case that, that I would be interested in. He mm. did his due diligence his vetting tonight tonight two hours ago um i see on the group and I, i'm i'm on the group but i don't i don't participate in terms of right. like giving because I, I focus on the israel side um he writes on on the group uh thank you donnie fine for giving this uh, this opportunity they raised i think it was 62 or 6300 dollars on the group for this family so somebody in my group on the israel group had a knew somebody in new jersey came to me and I was able to throw it to the New Jersey group. They raised the money and they helped this family. So Amazing. it's, it, it's a whole network. Amazing. It's a whole network. You're now you're inspiring me. I should start a Texas group. <laughs> um, I would love to, it, it's my, it would be my dream to have, I think every Jewish community should have a mitzvah opportunity group. Every, yeah. every city, every community should have a group. Uh, while I think that the local organizations do an amazing job, right. uh, I don't, I don't think that they can possibly move quick enough. I just want right. to, just to make something clear. I'm not an organization. Right. I'm a WhatsApp group. I'm okay. affiliated with a, an Israeli organization, which is the CE46. And mm-hmm. that's how people who donate from Israel get tax receipts. Mm-hmm. In America, I'm affiliated with a 501c3. The 51 c 3 is set up in order to help families in Israel. So all the money goes to them, and I direct these organizations where to where to send the money. Mm-hmm. So it happens very it happens very fast, and we're usually ahead ahead of ahead of the game. Yeah, because so because more, more money comes in, so we're always we're always we're always ahead. Yeah, it's a matter of speed. And also a lot of these situations, Donnie, are kind of temporary, right? So, you know, like to go ask help from an organization is already like going to be maybe like a long-term situation. But sometimes people right. are just in a bind that it's just within a couple of months, they really, things turn around for them, yeah. and, but but they're really stuck on a very, you know, yeah. it's so it's, it's, it's actually very effective and, and very beautiful and pretty genius, pretty genius, actually. <laughs> Thank you. I've had, I've had three, at least three cases that I can think of where people were members of the group mm-hmm. and then, and then they left the group and, um, or they, or they have, there's a rule in the group that if you're, if you're, if you're not contributing or if you're asking for money, you, you have to be taken off the group. So either I'll, I'll say, say to them politely, Either I take you off the group or you remove yourself from the group, whatever you're, you're comfortable with. Right. So then they, then they, um, then now they, be, they're, they're, they're takers. I don't, they're, they're people, re- they're receivers, right? Right, right. Um, and, but after a little while, we got them through that hard part that they're back on the group and they're giving more than they were before. Right. I can think of at least three and I'm sure there are more families that, that that's happened to on the, on the group. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. That's beautiful. You you talk about the fact I, I read in the description of the group that you, you you alluded to it like, you know, you vet these cases, but you don't you don't ask excessive questions at the end of the day. You know, it's right. it's based on trust. Right. Um, and I understand that trust right. is one of your core values, Donnie, and it comes across in what you're doing in real estate professionally. But I'm interested mm-hmm. in the deeper side of trust, your passion for Bitachon, which I'm not sure if you knew this about me and my, my husband, like we're very big into Bitachon. We teach multiple shiurim. I talk about Bitachon in the show all the time. I, I say to listeners, it's a foundation of our business and financial life. And, you know, if that's not healthy foundation, whatever you build is going to be on very shaky ground. Um, so I, I'm curious to hear from you what, what, what made it, what made Bitachon, what is it about Bitachon that you find so powerful? And how did you arrive at that passion? So first of all, I want to say that just like you did your homework on me, I did my homework on you. And oh, I knew very that, good. I knew, I knew that about you. And it's one of the reasons, also one of the reasons why I agreed to do this, uh, this podcast. I knew it would be meaningful. Um, it's not you. just, a, a, well, there's a lot of meaningful podcasts, but this, this one, when it comes to money and, and Hashem and be talking in spirituality, it's, uh, this is, this is my favorite topic. I could talk about it all day. I'm, right. I'm not the type of guy that's going to sit here quoting sources, you know, Chovas Olubavos and, and, and Chovas, but, but, but it's, it's just, I'm, just, I'll, I'll say, I'll say things. Um, so for, so it's, I, I believe that, uh, everything comes from Hashem and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say I learned it the easy way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've right. been, I, I've been kicked. I've been, I've been, I've been down and I've been kicked while I've been down. I made Aliyah in 2009 when the market tanked. I was going to say, when plan. you said 2009, I was like, whoa, yeah. that's a pretty rough yeah. time to make Aliyah. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a financial plan. Um, like I said, I was in insurance and I had residual commissions coming in mm-hmm. and I made Aliyah in August 2009. By the end of, two, by the end of, by the middle of 2010, pretty much all those residual commissions were, were, were mm-hmm. gone and I was left with no, no income. Um, and that was, that was a scary part. And then it, we started eating into our savings. Um, so it, it's, uh, it really, it, I, I've, I've come to, to a point where I didn't know who Hashem was before I made Aliyah. While mm-hmm. I, I, I have this, um, I don't call it love for Eretz Yisrael. It's, it's a lust, kind of like a man loves his wife. Right. Um, that's how I feel about Eretz Yisrael. I had, I had to be here. Um, wow. and my wife, my wife came along 14 years later. I'll tell you, my wife, Baruch Hashem is very happy. Uh, but she'll also tell you that in August 2009, I literally dragged her here. Um, but and and we've been through a lot with our children with Parnassus since we're here. Um, but our my love for Eretz Yisrael has has kept has kept me here, and um, and I think because of that, I've also learned um, and the people around me that that surround me and and it has a lot to do with the Mitzvah Opportunity Group. I've I've learned that no matter what I do, the outcome is always basically going to be the same. I could just do my hashtadlis and Hashem is going to decide the outcome. Um, I can't, I can't force anything. So, so pretty much when now, when a challenge comes up in my life, it's um, okay, Hashem, you're up. Right. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's just, it's just take control. I'll, last, last year. Um, so two summers ago. Uh, so when I first started in real estate, it was, it was, it was doing well. Then I hit, then, you know, realtors, it's because you're only commission based. So I hit a, I hit a, a, a hard part and um, got a little rocky. And then my son came over to me. He was not my oldest. My second son uh, came over to my wife. He's 20, 20, I think, and uh, dating his uh, girlfriend for three years. And he tells us he wants to get married. 
And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. So I said to myself, okay, I could have the attitude. Like I don't have money to make a wedding. I know this isn't going to happen. Or, or I could say to myself, we're like in the middle of Corona. The whole world is crazy. Hashem is literally showing us his hand and, and controlling everything. And, and, and I just, it was so easy to see. So I said to my son, I'm, I'm so happy for you. We're, we're going to make this happen. And right. I literally, it was Hanukkah time. And I, and, and I turned to Hashem. I said, it's your wedding. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this is going to go down. Right. I don't know how, but I know that you, you want me to Israel and, and you've, you've made that happen for many years. Um, and just like you've shown me before, this, this is totally in your hands. Yeah. This is totally in your hands. Um, just to add, add to that, at that point, we were also renting our home. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I just listened to your recent podcast with a friend of yours who bought her home in LA. And yeah. her story is actually really similar to how real estate happens in Israel. Really? <laughs> From suits and dealing with the realtor, buying the home, finding the home. I was like, it could have been the same exact story in Israel. So I was actually, I was actually really happy to hear that because I really thought it was only in Israel. I'm like, no, <laughs> same exact, literally same exact story happened in, in LA. So I was really happy to hear that. But uh, at that point, we were, we were renting, and then um, it got closer to the wedding. And then also, uh, we actually had to push up the wedding because my mother-in-law uh, got sick, and she it was difficult for her to travel. So she was coming in for the wedding, and it was also my son's bar mitzvah. So, oh, wow. the, in, uh, so in Adar, we had my son's bar mitzvah. The wedding was supposed to be in August. We pushed up the wedding so that the wedding could be closer to the, to the bar mitzvah. And Rosh Chodesh Adar, we signed on, when Israel, you sign on a house. That means you, you, you sign a contract to buy a house. That means you bought the house. Rosh Chodesh Adar of, of last year, we bought yeah. our house. And in that same month, we, we made a wedding and a bar mitzvah and right. everything was paid for. And I, I'm not going to go into the details how it happened and how Hashem made his moves, but he, he put together an impossible 10,000 right. piece puzzle to make all those things happen. And literally since then, Actually, two weeks ago, I uh, did a big um, Hanukkah Rabbis in my, in my house on Shabbos. made a big Kiddush and thanking Hashem because they were just open miracles. Right. And, um, and, and I don't think that those things would have happened if it wasn't for the Mitzvah Opportunity Group, because through the group, I have, I have, I have just learned how, learned Bitochon, the, the lesson of Bitochon and, and how Hashem just controls everything. Not just controls everything. Hashem is everything. Is everything. There, there is nothing but Hashem. Exactly. I would. You, those words would never have come out of my mouth even five years ago. Really? I would. I, I didn't even know the concept, and and I I can honestly say, and until today, and I think I'll be like this way for the rest of my life, that uh, this this is how it is. I I it's just it's it's just Hashem. People people say to me, they ask me questions. I'm like, yeah. I don't even have to say the word. It's just. I, I yeah. agree. I'm with you 100. percent Somebody asked me and my husband Friday night. They said oh, the Shabbos meal. No, come on, but okay. But if a person is really struggling financial, do you really think it's like with bitachon they're gonna it's gonna turn around? I'm like, I could just tell you stories. We could sit here all night. The answer is right. yes. You can either believe it or you don't. But like that's the truth. Like right. that is the truth. Hashem and like you very well said, he put together a an impossible puzzle to put because we can't, we are limited. We can't conceive right. of the possibilities, but guess what? The creator of the world has it all under control. If we could just like trust, right. More. Yep. Yes. Yep. It, yep. It's, it's everyday work though, Donnie. It's like little every, everyday reminders 
Um, yeah, 100%. And I guess 100%. with the mitzvah opportunity, you see it every day because you see how all of a sudden a family who's struggling, who doesn't know where the, 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 the solution, the salvation is going to come, like all of a sudden they have the salvation. I saw this morning within the hour you had, what was it this morning you were raising? Uh, 23,500 shekels? We were raising 30,000 30, shekels uh, for, right? for our family um, that needed, um, it was 25,000 shekels for a... Um, I think it was a uh, medical for, procedure. For, for, for our nose, for a nose, nose surgery. Yes, the, yes. Yeah, for the nose. The insurance company here in Israel pays up until a certain amount, and then you have to come up with the rest. So what do people do if 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 they don't have money? Like, it, right. it's crazy. So so they had nowhere to turn. So I was uh, brought the case by uh, by somebody else on the group again, and uh, and then but I but I know that if a family doesn't have money to pay for this surgery, they also don't have probably don't have money for other things. So I said, exactly. how much do they need for money to buy food for the month? They have yeah. ten kids. Right. Uh, they have kids in the army. They have kids learning in school. They're older kids. And they have to pay tuition. What we did was only um, was only ten percent of of their of their debt. But I needed to know what was immediately, so I wanted to give them the money to pay. I want the, the daughter to get the surgery, and mm-hmm. I gave them and I gave them some money, extra money to have food for, so they could buy food. And then I, I really believe one of the things they do in the group is I'm not just going to give you money for the week. I'm going to give you money for the month, and I'm going to pay you utilities for the month because you're you're in a hole, and you need to get out of the hole. Right. If you're if you don't have money to buy food or pay utilities, you're worried every second your electricity is going to turn off, or your water is going to get turned off, and you have no food in the refrigerator. You can't think straight. You How are you going to get think. out of this? Exactly. You know, How can you get you a new this, job or whatever? You have it this. Is. You have this cloud, this monkey, right. this, this elephant on your on your shoulders, right. and you can't think clearly. So I'm going to give you a month of thinking clearly until and and hopefully within that month you'll you could you could start to think clearly and and figure it out. We don't, we don't, we're not a long-term solution and we're the last line of defense. These organizations are the first line. We're the last line of defense, but we're the ones that are going to give you the, the, the clarity to, uh, to, to hopefully get, get through, get through this dark time. But Donnie, this, what you just said takes a special sensitivity. Um, either, either because you've been through that experience that you just described, or maybe it was ingrained from growing up from home, because not everybody has that special sensitivity to know, like, no, it's not just that need that they're telling you, they just they need a little bit more breathing room so that they can right. get on their feet. Where did that come right. from? Um, My wife. Mm. <laughs> my good wife good is, answer. <laughs> my wife is very sensitive to other people's um, needs. And, uh, I'll be honest as it's against my nature to do what I'm doing. All my wow. friends, my, my wife will tell you, I'm not by nature, a giving person. I'm not by nature, a caring person. Um, but Hashem gave me this gift and, uh, I consider myself a, sh- a shaliah right. whenever people say to me, um, they, thank you for the opportunity. Th- without you, this, that I'm like, we're all in this together. Hashem mm-hmm. chose me to be the leader of the group, but there would be no group if it wasn't for every member of the group. Right. And I make, again, it's, it's about the people of, of the group. It's, they actually inspire me more than the families. Mm. Um, the families, I, I, I go to sleep at night. I really, I shut down. I don't, I don't think about it. Um, it's the families that, that inspire me, but where it came from, um, I, honestly, I've, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's, I'm not, it's, it's not my nature to, to, to do it. Um, I can't say I grew up in an overly chesed oriented home. My mom, she, um, 
we grew up in Brooklyn and then Staten Island. My mother uh, organized the calendar for Amit and Young Israel of Staten Island. Um, that's, I think that's the extent of, I'm sure they did other things. Um, you didn't know about them. That I didn't know about. Right. Even to this day, um, I don't know about my, my in-laws. Also, I've been, I, I, I also did, dated my wife for two years before we got married. We got married when I was 21. So I kind of grew up in their home also. I saw my in-laws also doing their, their, their mental and They've always been very generous with me and my family. Whenever, whenever, if me and my wife were ever in need, my parents and my in-laws were always there for us. Um, you know, so, but I see living in Ramat Pichemesh, I think the people around here are just incredible. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the author, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. So I'm, oh. I'm friends with him. I had this conversation with him about uh, what, is, what is it about Ramat Pichemesh that there's all these incredible people. And he's, he, goes, I, he goes, there's something about Ramat Pichemesh where there's just the greatest amount, the, 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 the greatest people per capita that in the in the Jewish world you have authors, you have rabbis here, you have, and the chesed is just is just endless. So it's kind of like you're you're in this you're in this area, and everybody are, you just it, everybody everything around you is inspiring. If if you see it, if you want to see it, incubator just, of inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like it's I, I think the point is that Hashem has just thrown this at me, and I could have ignored it. I could have walked away. And, and it's not just me that, like I said, there's almost 700 people, my over a thousand people that decided to not walk away and they want to make a difference. Amazing. Amazing. Donnie, this has been so inspiring. So you're probably familiar with the fact that I like to close inter- every interview with what I call JMM Jewish money matters, fill in the blanks. This is the part yeah. of the show where I'm going to give you an open-ended sentence and you'll finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. 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 I'm when ready. I give my sir or tzedakah, I like to give two. So the the quick answer is I like to give to families. I never liked giving charity to organizations. I always felt that organizations were top heavy, mm-hmm. and I like to, I like to know that there's um you know when I'm sitting at my Shabbos table, mm-hmm. I like to know the family specifically that that I've helped and I tell my children about it. Um, so that's that's where the bulk yeah. of my uh, of my tzedakah goes to. Very nice. I'd love to make more money because. So I'd like to make more money. So number one, you could say for, for security, but at, at the end of the day, Hashem's taking care of you. So what security do you need? So really just want to make more money. So give more tzedakah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The security is all a facade, people. <laughs> it's that, all right, facade. right. That's, but I, I don't think uh, a, a young person can, can learn that. I'm not insulting you young people, like, but I, something, it comes from experience, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And God willing, nobody should struggle and they don't have to, but I, I, I guess that's the benefit of the struggle. We, we get to experience, um, what that is like to, to, to be really, to see Hashem's open hand and helping us. It's a, right. it's a real gift. Anyway, something I wish I'd learned about money growing up is. So again, I, I kind of wish I, I only started giving more, I don't want to say larger, but more amounts of tzedakah a few years ago, I kind of wish, and but and I've been working since I'm like 12 years old. I've always mm-hmm. had a job. I kind of wish I knew what Meister was when I was 12. Why right. didn't my school tell me about that? Why didn't my rabbis tell me about that? I, I went know. to a very modern Orthodox school and either I wasn't in class that day or they just never spoke. No, I, I'm telling you, there's some, something's going on with the curriculum. Oh, across the board, by the way, Orthodox, like we're very good at the tzedakah thing, but like, there's something really, 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 yeah. really specific about Meister that we all need to know. And like kids need to know. 
Um, we yeah. talked about that account before and like my kids know that's, that's their MISER account. Also for them, it's for the whole family. So when Beautiful. they make babysitting money, their 10% goes into that pool. Like it's just like right. a no brainer at this point, you know, like they just know yeah. it, they do it. Yeah. I remember when uh, I was uh, like 17, 18 years old, I was in my friend's car and uh, we were, I remember distinctly having this conversation when we grew up and we make money and we have $200,000, are we going to buy a house or are we going to buy a Ferrari? Sadaka was not part not, of that conversation. Right, right. Isn't that sad? Like, it wasn't even a thought. Right, right, right. And it's funny that you talked about 2009 when you started, like, the, 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 you know, the, it was a hard time. And when we ha- were having the Bitachon conversation, you started there where that sort of where you kind of you started with this whole Bitachon thing. That's exactly what happened in our case um, during that recession that's where all of a sudden we're like, what's this Bitachon thing? What's this Bitachon thing? Like, how come we never really, like, do we really trust? Like you assume, you know, you assume that you're a person of faith. So you assume that obvious, like you keep Shabbos, obviously you trust. Oh, little did you know, there's something else. So it's kind of similar. Like you assume like you're a giver, right? Okay. If something comes up, I'll give, right? But actually when you do the math, are you really even giving 10%? You know, I, I once did the research. I, well, I, no, I didn't do the research, but I talked to my Rav and he, he actually told me a, a, a crazy statistic. He said, people assume that they're, because we are givers by nature, by the way, it comes from a very good place, but mm-hmm. because we don't, we don't keep the math accurately, just like, you know, how we, underestimate how how much we spend on the credit card so we overestimate how much we give and it turns out that the average american jew this is what i understand from my rav who explained it to me the statistics have been done like when you take the type of donations you know you take the jcc and the federation and the you know whatever again david adam and whatever um it only adds to five to ten percent of their income which is like a far cry from that minimum ten percent right wow yeah Right. Yeah. So, so, so there's something to, we got to step up. <laughs> yeah. step I've, I've always believed, I've always believed um, that I also a big thing when I was uh, growing up and my kids were younger, especially when I lived in America, paying yeshiva tuition, it was difficult paying yeshiva tuition. It's and so then I difficult. drive, then I drive to these neighborhoods where there are people with like $10 million homes. And I used to say to my wife, like, if these people would just give X amount of dollars, whatever it is, there would be no t- tuition. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying they don't give money. I'm sure yeah. they give to charity. They give tons of tzedakah. But it, I, I, again, I'm in Israel now, so my tuition is is a fraction of. So I don't, I don't have right. that pain anymore. But I always said that I, I'm, I wish that there were like specific funds set up for specific reasons. Like the Jewish community as a whole would agree on on something and say, okay, yeah. this is a tuition fund, and and everybody, if you make over this amount of money. You we really suggest that you give seven figures to, to this, to this fund. And now right. in 2023, it, it could be eight figures into this mm-hmm. fund and, and, and people who really can't afford, you know, how many, how many Moshe Weinberger talks about all the time, how many kids are in, uh, are in, are in the public school these days because the parents can't afford to pay tuition. tuition. My father, when he came to America, I actually only learned recently, he went to public school because he couldn't afford, his parents couldn't afford yeshiva tuition. And the school, the school that he wouldn't give them, wouldn't give them a break. Right. 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 It's it's very sad. It's very sad. It's crazy. Um, all right. So back to our conversation here. So money, spiritual or physical? Money's definitely spiritual. There's Mm. nothing physical about money. The only thing physical is, is what is the fact that you can hold it. Money Uh is, money is, 
every every shekel, every penny you get, it's from Hashem, and it's 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 like a goof and a neshama. Mm-hmm. You're you're you you you. It happens to have a, a material. Your your neshama happens to have a goof, and that's the way Hashem designed it. Mm-hmm. But really, you you're you, it's all about your neshama. We sing yeah. about the neshama. We talk about the neshama. My daughter-in-law's name is neshama, and I love her. And uh, you know, and 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 sh- that's um that that's what money is. It, it's it's a goof and, and neshama. And it's just a matter of how you want to deal with it. Good for you, Donnie. Something I splurge on unapologetically is. Not Ferraris, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, no. Shabbos and Yantif. Um, oh, good. El- nice. El- I go to, you mentioned before about, uh, about the Dachyomi. I go to Eli Stefanski's Dachyomi, Baruch Hashem, every morning. It's literally a five-minute walk from my house. Um, and uh, I'm very blessed to, to have them. Eli talks about all the time. And he, again, like I said, I don't talk sources. He brings in sources. I don't know where they come from, but I will tell you that uh, he says all the time, you buy money for food, for Shabbos, you buy money for Yantif. It's not in the Cheshvan. When Hashem decided how much money you're going to make Rosh Hashanah, right. the, that when you buy it. So I, I will splurge unapologetically on, uh, on, on Shabbos. Yantif. Again, and I wasn't, I wasn't always like that, but the, the older I get, and yeah. the more I realize, the more experiences I have, that that it's all from Hashem. Hashem wants you to have the most beautiful Shabbos, most beautiful Yontif possible. Mm-hmm. And if that means spending a little bit extra money, then go for it. Yeah, it's on Hashem's bank account. I always say that. Yeah, 100%. it's so true. It's so true. And I'm glad you reminded us because, again, these things are not, you know, for some of us, it's it's not necessarily in our nature. And it's beautiful that you talked about that before because it reminded me of this idea that sometimes the mitzvah that we're really supposed to shine in is one that's actually kind of hard for us you know yeah. um yeah. so there there you go donnie today i'm most grateful for i'm most grateful i'm grateful for so many things um i, I thank hashem every day for the house the wedding and the bar mitzvah i really do before I, be, when i say someone asked me three times a day before i don't remember where i heard this again but um you know modim is praising hashem if you, how can you praise hashem first you have to thank him for, for what you have so that you know what you're you're praising him for. So every every time I say Shmon Esrei before I say Modim, I stop for a second and I thank Hashem. And I could thank Hashem for being able to breathe. For yeah. you could thank Hashem for for the ability to know how to breathe. Like it it, it just goes deeper and deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, but I'm I'm most thankful for for my family. Baruch Hashem, I have a wife and four incredible boys and and daughter-in-law and my parents and my in-laws, and I'm incredibly thankful for them. But um, not not but and I'm extremely thankful for the Mitzvah Opportunity Group because that has re- I think it's really been like it's kind of like been an umbilical cord between me and Hashem for the wow. last X amount of years. It's it's Beautiful. been my oxygen. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm finally um, Donnie Fine, and I believe Jewish money matters because because Hashem gave it to us, and we should use it to the best of our ability to. Uh, to keep it spiritual and keep it uh, and giving, always be giving, always, always be helping. And yeah. that's, that's why it's, it's uh, Jewish money matters. Yeah, there you go. See, I, I didn't tell him to say this people. Donnie, tell no, us where we can, tell us where we can connect with you. Tell us how we can join the group. Okay. So to join the group, the best thing to do, you can, anybody can always feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or Facebook. Okay. Um, that's probably the, the, the best way. And then and I'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. Cause that, that's, um, like I said, I'm in the middle of creating a website. One day there will be a website and it'll, it'll have a link uh, to the WhatsApp group where you, where you can join automatically. 
But for now, you're going to have to reach out to me personally. Either send me your phone number and I'll add you or I'll send you a link and, and you could join the group your, yourself. Amazing, amazing. I really highly encourage everybody to join. It's really something beautiful. Thank you, Donnie, for everything you're doing. May you continue to go from strength to strength. And yeah, um, let's just keep helping the world. Thank you so much. Amen. And to you as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks to Donnie Fine for being here. You can find Donnie on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, where you can send him a DM and ask to join the mitzvah opportunity. I know you'll want to join. And when you see how this works, you'll be moved to help. You can also find Donnie at EliteIsraelRealty.com. Thanks so much for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Did you know that it's one of the best ways to help this show continue to grow? And it only takes 30 seconds. Seriously. I'll also see you here Friday where I will be answering your questions. So be sure to send those in via email, yael at yaeltrush.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn too. Looking forward to it. Have a wonderful week.